Hello, hello. How are y'all? Sam, Sam, what's up, hi. man? You know, I'm just like, it feels like we're living in three movies at once. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. No, that's really like good. Oh a God. satire and a horror movie and a Spike Lee joint. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, it feels like a Mike Judge movie. It feels like a mm-hmm. Spike Lee movie. And it feels like a Michael Bay movie. Like, <laughs> Hey, y'all. This is Sam's Aunt Daddy. You're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. All right, let's start the show. Hey, y'all, Sam Sanders here. This week on the show, I want to talk about what happens after that first wave of protests, particularly what corporate America is doing. We're going to walk through some of the most absurd corporate statements given in response to this current moment. But first, I want to dig into what the heck is going on in Hollywood. Just this week, Gone with the Wind was taken offline. Cops was canceled, all in response to the Black Lives Matter movement. To make sense of that and a whole lot more, let's bring in my distinguished panelists. This is really a dream team. Tanya Mosley, host of NPR's Here and Now. Eric Deggins, NPR TV critic. So happy to have you both here. Welcome. Happy to be here and always happy to talk with you and Eric. Yeah, yeah. Glad to be here. And I'm, I'm here as a reformed cops fan. <laughs> so what? <laughs> Yo, me too. <laughs> and I, I can't wait to that dig into that. Right up front. Full disclosure. First, I want to ask y'all how long this week has felt, how long this year has felt. We were talking just before we began taping about how mm-hmm. it feels like, at least for me, that I'm living in three movies <laughs> at once. What about y'all? How are y'all just doing right now? <laughs> I mean, well, the days just, I don't know what day is what. I'm like mm-hmm. crawling through to Friday, but then does it even matter? <laughs> yeah. Time has no meaning for mm-hmm. me right now. Oh, yeah. It's a mess. Well, hopefully our discussion on this show today We'll give uh, our listeners at least a little bit of comfort and understanding, if not a few laughs. Uh, that's the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> um, so with that, let's get started. we got to talk about cops. You never know what's going to happen when the nation's attention is focused so clearly on one thing, as it has been these last two weeks with Black Lives Matter and these protests against police brutality. I did not expect all that focus to have us ending up with Cops, a reality show all about real cops on their beats that has been on the air since 1989 being canceled. How surprising was that for the both of you? Well, first of all, can I say something that might be embarrassing? I'm surprised that Cops is still on. I had no idea that it was still a thing. It was such another lifetime when I watched it. I mean... You say 89. Yeah, that, the last time I watched it probably was like 95, maybe 2000. <laughs> really? So what's interesting is it was on TV for a long time, but there was another petition to take it off the air back in 2013 from Color of Change. And so Fox took it off of their air, but then it came back a little while later on Spike TV, now Paramount Network. And this week, Paramount said, we are taking the show off the air. Their statement was, quote, Cops is not on the Paramount Network, and we don't have any current or future plans for it to return. Eric, you cover TV. Did this surprise you? It surprised me a little bit just because uh, Cops is one of those shows where it has a uh, it has a brand name, it has a, a fan base, and it is cheap to produce. Now, my mm. sense is that uh, Paramount Network had a bunch of 
sort of political, internal political reasons for getting rid of it. They were shifting away from unscripted programming. And I think they're trying to create like a more highbrow version of television that appeals to uh, traditional TV viewers. So I think, you know, the last thing they wanted was to have a show on their air that is getting all this criticism from civil rights groups anyway, given that they're trying to make this turn into, um, you know, higher quality fare. So I, I think it might have been an easier call for them to cancel that rather than, uh, you know, Live PD, which is this other cops-like show that was on A&E that was their most watched show and was one of the most watched shows on cable. And that got canceled, too. So. Yeah. Um, this is the thing that I really was intrigued by once I began to read into cops. Uh, there's been study and reporting on how that show for a long time has disproportionately shown people of color as perpetrators of serious crime, yep. that it's glorified controversial and sometimes extreme police practices. There's a 2004 paper from the Western Journal of Communication, but there also was a big podcast about this last year. And once you peel back that top layer... A lot of folks say the producers of cops would manipulate the video and the content to make people of color look worse and to make the cops look justified in being really extreme in how they treated people. It's really interesting what you're saying about this study, too, because um, I will say when I became a reporter in the, the late 90s, early 2000s, I was a police beat reporter. And I do want to say shows like Cops probably did alter my thoughts on what police officers did. It wasn't until I started doing the ride alongs and I realized just how boring it was the huh. majority of the time. Yeah. So it is interesting about how much their doctor, but then how much it shifts and changes the perceptions the public has about police. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been thinking all week about you know, police officer TV and movie content that I love. And it seems like the through line is convincing Americans that if a police officer's heart's in the right place, they can do what they need to do to get what needs to get done, done. I'm thinking about right. the latest Bad Boys movie, which I love because right. I love Bad Boys and I love Will Smith. Those are two cops who are black, <laughs> whose heart's in the right place, but they are breaking every kind of law to get what they want. And the movie is telling me that it's okay. And I'm like, yes, it is okay. And I think hey, that hey, is Sam. what people are asking to be questioned right now. Hey, Sam, can I tell you what I said after I left a screening of Bad Boys before it opened? Yeah. I said, I said that was the stupidest movie I've ever seen this year. <laughs> this is what I said. <laughs> See, but here's the thing. I love Will Smith so much. It doesn't matter what he does. I love that man. I do. Yeah. Me too. But it's like this I mean, I like the performers, but man, come on now. <laughs> but but exactly. Yeah. You know, but, but like But but you're yeah. right. You know, you're 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 very right. Like one of the big problems with a lot of cop shows, fictional or quote unquote reality TV, is that they they're centered on this idea that uh, to overcome the problems with policing, all you need is that righteous cop. Uh, but um, those shows are unwilling to admit that the system itself is so stacked against some defendants. The system itself is so flawed. Yeah. All I know is they better not mess with law and order because people will revolt. Oh, right? Right? No. no. But nobody <laughs> say nothing bad about law and order. <laughs> At all. Really? At really? All. You, don't, you don't want me to? Don't really? do it, Eric. Don't do it, know, Eric. You know, I, don't I, do I, it. I'll give you inside stuff I, I, and I'll we don't want to know. I'll just give you a quick, which is that <laughs> when law and order first started, uh, uh -huh. it was very much trying to get at the systemic stuff. 
And you would see rich people who were guilty of crimes get away with it all the time. And I Mm. think what they realized was that people don't want to see a show that robs them of their confidence in the criminal justice system. And so mm. they began to change it. And and now mm. it's much more a show where it's the righteous people trying to make a difference and the good guys mm. usually win. Well, we're going to move away from that before you besmirch the name of Law & Order anymore, <laughs> Eric. <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> uh, now we've got to talk about, Eric and Tanya, what in the heck is going on with Gone with the Wind? This Ooh. week, HBO Max announced that it is pulling Gone with the Wind from its air, which first made me pause and say, oh, HBO Max, that is a thing. I had forgotten. <laughs> um, but it was, just, it was just the latest removal of programming in response to these protests sweeping the nation and the world over police brutality. I got to say, this one made no sense to me. Did it make any sense to y'all? Can I say something before Eric takes this because I know he's going <laughs> to yeah. take it. I have never seen Gone with the Wind. Same. Oh, I don't want to And that's see intentional. It. I've heard too many bad things about it. I don't want to see that. Yeah. I, I mean, you, I, I think know you some of the, have to I know, see it though. You kind of have But to, see, really? the thing is, you already know like some of the lines because it's just part of, you know, pop exactly. culture. I think it's really interesting that they said that it may actually come back, but with... With a um, disclaimer. Yeah, with a disclaimer about this was a moment in time. But from my understanding, it has always been problematic. It's just really interesting that this is the moment in time that we've decided that, hey, maybe this is not appropriate to have on our air for people to watch. Exactly. Eric, I want your thoughts on this. But first, I want to read some of the backstory about this. Um, So HBO Max made a statement to Variety magazine, and they said, quote, Gone with the Wind is a product of its time and depicts some of the ethnic and racial prejudices that have, unfortunately, been commonplace in American society. These depictions were wrong then and are wrong today, and we felt that to keep this title up without an explanation and a denouncement of those depictions would be irresponsible. So basically they said, we're taking it off temporarily. We're going to add something, some conversation, some disclaimer that gives context, and then we'll put it back. That's what really puzzles me, Eric. Like, that's going to make this movie okay now? Well, no, it doesn't. It doesn't puzzle me. I one thing to understand is that this has been a a low key controversy in the streaming wars. Um, oh, really? When you have yeah, when you have these streaming outlets bringing all these libraries, uh, uh, making them available to people, uh, you're going to be making a, available some stuff that's really old, and in some mm. cases really racist. So um, Disney Plus, for example, look at Disney, (laughs) Disney Plus, for example, you know, they had a bunch of cartoons that were problematic and they came up with a sort of boilerplate uh, disclaimer that they put uh, on certain cartoons and certain uh, films. Now, what I didn't like about that is that Disney didn't explain how they chose which shows or Mm. films got the disclaimer. The disclaimer Mm. wasn't detailed, so people didn't had to guess what the uh, material was inside the film that might be problematic or do a Google search or something, I guess. Um, And uh, it it didn't prompt a larger discussion of how do you reevaluate films that people may cherish from their childhood, but that now we realize had very troubling, uh, you know, racial and ethnic language in it. Well, also, what's important to note is that you can't get rid of this stuff once it's out there. Even after HBO Max pulled Gone with the Wind this week, right after that, it jumped to the top of the Amazon TV and movie charts and also mm, went back into the top true. 10 on iTunes. Yeah. Gotta you, love America. No one can put these things back in a bottle. <laughs> so my question to both of you is, 
Does hey, any that's of this racist? stuff work? Let me watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, well, maybe it will though. illuminate. I mean, maybe it's not going to stop people from watching, but maybe it will illuminate the issues in the first place. You know, now we're having these conversations about it. People are interested. Obviously, there are probably lots of people who have never seen it. And now that HBO Max has taken it off, they want to see what the big deal is. I think there's some value in that. Yeah. Last question for both of you on this topic. What I find to be the bigger problem in terms of corporate response to moments like these, period, is that these symbolic acts seem like a way to distract from and avoid the real tangible change that corporations can implement internally. Like, Mm -hmm. how many of these companies are also talking about what they're doing to hire and retain more people of color, to produce more stories by people of color, to really look inside of themselves and see how their work as an organization is supporting these goals as well? Well, that's a big criticism. And I think it's making many companies actually have to take a deeper look at their business practices. I mean, Amazon was under fire after they announced that, you know, they were behind Black Lives Matter. Now they've given a donation. Now that uh, folks who work there are calling for them to take a look at the board. I mean, Mm. there are all of these concerns and issues. And I can imagine if you're a person of color working for some of these organizations and you see that they've made these statements and you probably feel, okay, I'm working inside of this institution and I know the realities, that maybe it will be a call to action internally. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I almost hate to use this cliche, but yeah, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. You know, mm. we can <laughs> we can hold these companies accountable and also hold them accountable for the media that they're uh, presenting for us to consume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what, leave bad boys alone, y'all. Just let me have bad boys. <laughs> let me have bad boys and bad boys too. Let me have Martin Lawrence and Will Smith, please. Those are my boys. <laughs> anyway, time for a break. Coming up, we're going to stick on this theme of what in the world corporations are doing in response to all these protests. When we come back, we'll talk about which corporations have had the worst or most hilariously bad statements in response to all this stuff. It's kind of hard to pick one answer because there are just so many. So we'll sift through that long list and find comedic gold. All right, you're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. We'll be right back. See, so a a production question? Yes. Would it be possible to slip the uh, Law & Order Kachung in there anywhere? (laughs) (laughs) I just think that would be so cool, man. This message comes from NPR sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who specialize in issues such as isolation, depression, stress, anxiety, and more. Connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment when you need professional help. Get help at your own time and your own pace. Schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. Visit BetterHelp.com minute to learn more and get 10% off your first month. Support for NPR comes from Newman's Own Foundation, working to nourish the common good by donating all profits from Newman's Own food products to charitable organizations that seek to make the world a better place. More information is available at newmansownfoundation.org. Protests over racial injustice are spreading across the country while a pandemic continues to take its toll. The next weeks and months are leading to a consequential election this November. And every day, the NPR Politics Podcast is here to discuss how it could reshape your world. 
We are back. You're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Sam Sanders, joined by Tanya Mosley, host of NPR's Here and Now, and Eric Deggins, NPR TV critic, a dream team of a panel. Thank you both for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Of course, of course, of course. Um, You know, we've been talking this episode all about how corporate America is responding to these protests. And I want to talk now a bit about all those strange, weird, offensive (laughs) hilarious corporate statements (laughs) that a bunch of companies have been releasing in the last week or two because I need a laugh and you need a laugh and we're going to laugh and roast these companies right now by playing my favorite game, Who Said That? Okay, now in my head is playing a version of What's Up With That, the theme. What's up? Oh, yeah. Yes. That would be even more fun. Who said that? Where is Keenan Thompson? We need him we? right now. <laughs> so I have gathered a handful of the strangest, most absurd, and most hilarious corporate responses to the protests sweeping the nation. And I'm going to read some of these quotes and have y'all guess what company said that. They're so earnest. Some of them are so earnest. Yeah, I mean, some of them, Tanya. I... <laughs> Before we start, I got to give a big shout out to my play cousin, Gene Demby, over at Code Switch. He has been doing the Lord's work and compiling a list of these for the last two weeks. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Gene. We borrowed from his list liberally. He's the man. Okay, y'all ready? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. I'll say the quote. You tell me what company or corporate entity uh, made that dumb statement. First, when we defy hate, we defy gravity. <laughs> Who said that? Some sort of airline. Some sort of... American Airlines. No. Spirit. Spirit! (laughs) (laughs) No, this is an iconic Broadway musical in which one of the iconic lyrics from one of the iconic songs is Defying Gravity. Oh my oh, god. Oh, um uh let it flow. Oh, frozen? No, this is this is it involves a witch. Oh, uh bewitched. Oh, wicked? Wicked. 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 What am I talking yes. about? Bewitch. <laughs> <laughs> so Wicked, one of the best songs from Wicked, which I love and have seen on Broadway more than once. I'm that guy. Um in my opinion the best song is Defying Gravity, <laughs> where they just sing and belt Defying Gravity. Um, this week, in response to the protests, right, Wicked right. the Musical put out a photo of a green witch's hand locked in embrace no. with a white hand. Stop. And the caption was, when we defy hate, we defy gravity. Wow. Let's see. The, the way Tanya was with cops, like, I'm <laughs> Wicked with, is like, amazing. They're still doing that? Wicked is- <laughs> Uh, I don't know who got that point. Doesn't matter. Me. <laughs> okay, Eric says he got it. <laughs> he Eric, got it. you got it. <laughs> but I'm coming for you. Next quote. We're working with fruit by the foot on creating space to amplify that. We see you. We stand with you. Time We're working for one. fruit by the foot? We're working with fruit by the foot on creating oh, space to amplify that. Gushers. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this has been my obsession for the last several days, I know Gushers. This is the <sighs> very sugary tart candy for kids with like a juicy fluid fruit center. They have really been staunchly in support of Black Lives since this thing has popped off. And they tweeted something this last week where they said, "And I quote: There would be no Gushers without the Black community." 
<laughs> and I don't know why, y'all. That just sent me. <laughs> that just really sent me. See, but I feel you know, like their you, first ones. You know ones, what? You know what? what? Tart lives matter. Tart lives. Yeah. No. <laughs> Tanya, how do you feel about this? Because I love, I do love Gushers. The thing about the messaging from Gushers, I think that was like the second uh, tweet. But I feel like the first one, there wasn't much thought about it. It really was like, hey, we're going to say something and I'm going to tweet something. Their social media person. Ugh. I don't think there was, unlike the wicket where they actually had graphics involved. Like they actually did had someone working on that. Yeah. I will say, so funny enough, I actually heard from someone who used to work at Gushers and they explained the thread and the tweets and they said, a lot of the folks that follow us on social right now are like actually teens and tweens. And we mm. talk to them about like oh, real yeah. stuff a lot and they actually get this stuff. And she basically said the message was for them and not for older folks. And they See, get I it. Believe so we that. stand by it. Yeah, I yeah. believe it. Yeah. All right, next quote. Keep fighting. We got your backside. Backside. Stop. Mm. I'm scared. What kind of company deals with your backside? I don't even want to. Is it a jean company? I don't even want to guess. Is it, is it like jeans? I could lose my job with Blue the wrong jeans? guess here. <laughs> Underwear? Is it, uh, no, it includes water. They work with water in your behind. What? A bidet? Yes. Stop. Yes. <sighs> Uh-uh. Tushy Bidet. Tushy Bidet tweeted this week in support of the protest, we got your backside, with side in parentheses. And as oh you can guess, they were dragged God. for it. But then they responded and said, actually, a woman of color runs this account. She wrote it, and she stands by it. I don't know what to think anymore. No, see, I'm offended by it. That would actually turn me off from the company. Because it's too it's yep. too on the nose. It's too ridiculous. And too you know, on the butt. It's... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you what else they wrote? Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> they said, quote, we stand in solidarity with the brave pooping humans protesting Whatever. and demanding next. justice. Let's get to the next one. <laughs> oh, God. Who won this game? I don't know. Corporate America did. That Tanya concludes won. Two, okay, Tanya, Tanya won. won. All right, two to, two Tanya to won. Okay. Tanya won. Congratulations. We, who said that? Who said that? Who? Thank you both for playing Who Said That. Uh, And to all the corporations listening, we appreciate it, but do better. (sighs) On that note, thanks to my guest, Tanya Mosley, host of NPR's Here and Now, and Eric Deggins, NPR's TV critic. Thank y'all both for being here. Please come back again soon. Yes, and thank you for this. This was the best laugh I've had in a long time. We needed it. (laughs) We needed it. We sure did. All right, listeners, while we have you here, if you listen to this show and like what you're hearing or even don't like it, rate us and review us at Apple Podcast. It helps us in the uh, algorithm formula thing or whatever. People will see us more if you do that. So do it. Thanks. Support for this podcast and the following message come from the Walton Family Foundation, where opportunity takes root. More information is available at waltonfamilyfoundation.org. With civil unrest, the pandemic, and the economic crisis, you want to know what's happening right when you wake up. And that's why there is Up First, the news you need in about 10 minutes from NPR News. Listen every day. We are back. You're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Sam Sanders. I'm going to shift gears a bit right now. This year has been really hard for a lot of us. With the protest and the pandemic and the uncertainty, everything. And usually when stuff gets pretty hard for me, I look to my faith for solace and for answers. 
But in 2020, even that has been hard. And it is making me reassess my faith and how it works for me in moments of crisis like this. And I know our audience is full of people from all different backgrounds and beliefs and faith traditions, atheists, agnostics, Wiccans, everybody. It is a big tent, and I like it that way. But I was hoping to find something spiritual-ish that would just, you know, provide some comfort and also energize you wherever you're coming from. And I really do believe that my next two guests can do just that. I'm Jackie Lewis, and I'm the senior minister at Middle Collegiate Church in Manhattan. Okay, Angel. I'm Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams, and I am a Zen priest by training and a teacher. On top of being um, faith leaders, Jackie and Angel are activists. They've been fighting for issues like health care and racial equality for a very long time. So on top of giving me a little pep talk for 2020, they first discussed this moment of activism. Jackie runs a multi-ethnic church in New York City. Black folks and Latino folks and white folks all go there. And she says right now, the message she gives them on how to get involved and how to just stay sane through all of this, it is not the same for everyone. White people, nice white people, nice white people, what are you going to do? You see a knee on a neck and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe it's still happening. And black people like, we know it's still happening, is just on tape. But the work is multiple layered, right? Sometimes black people right now, the work might be, if we're saying to the black audience, like, just stop. It's okay to cry. It's okay to grieve, right? It's okay to be still. It's okay to own your trauma. It's okay to sit down and drink some tea or have a glass of Chardonnay or take a bath and rest and let somebody else run the race. That could be black work right now, right? But, and white work is get in the game and turn to white people and stop pretending like you don't know America is racist. It is. And will you disrupt that? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Reverend Angel, are you speaking to different folks that you work with differently based on their backgrounds right now? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, people are rising up because people are tired of this and people are saying enough is enough. And the best thing about that sentence is that it's people that are right. rising up. And it's not just black people that are rising up, which, you know, quiet is kept. These states were not ready for, they were not ready for white folks putting their bodies on the line. And what I said to black folks is you let them do that. Hmm. You let them hmm. do that. When white folks are going to show up and put their bodies, because we've been trying to train them for a long time to not be allies, but to put their bodies on the line to take some action. And that the mm. work for black folks to do is go ahead and step behind. Totally. Yeah, in, in thinking about how the two of you help folks in this moment, you know, congregants, people you know, people coming to you for wisdom, for guidance, have there been questions you don't have answers for? And what are they? And how do you feel when that happens? <laughs> you have answers, Jackie. If you have answers, I, I want to, I'm listening. Girl, you know. <laughs> here, here, here's, here's what's good about that kind of a God. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to say the God I worship. Mm. The God I worship is not a genie, mm. is not magic, cannot be rubbed with my prayers or my tithes to give me the, my wish list. The God I worship is a partner and is presence. And so what I'm able to say to my congregants is a really mm. big, strong, I don't know. And I say it like with freedom and joy, like, I don't know. We're on an adventure together in this life called human. 
And what we get in this life called human is good friends to be colleagues with and people to love and people to say what if with and to dream with. And one of those partners is God. God is love. So today I had six phone calls with congregants. Mm -hmm. Just, how are you doing? I, it sucks. Yes, it does. I'm in pain. Me too. Mm. Same question to you, Reverend Angel. Yeah, you know, I, a very core tenet of not just um, the sort of tradition at large, but kind of the stream that I came through and really uh, in my post-Buddhist, post-Zen <laughs> expression is, is not knowing and creating the conditions for myself and, and preparing people to be able to sit with the complexity, the, the discomfort of not knowing, you know, and in order to get to that place, we have to uh, unpack the myths and part of unpacking those myths was, means that we do have to sit with the complexity of the American dream that we've been, we've been sold, right? And the nightmare that it is for so many people, for mm. so many bodies. I'm with you there, yeah. Angel. I'm so with that. Yeah. I th you know, it's... For me, what's been so hard right now, I know that a lot of the work is sitting still and looking for whatever answer might be within myself. But if I'm being honest... I don't want to. I'm so tired and I'm so angry. And especially for black people right now, kind of what I want to say every day is I'm not doing any more work. I shouldn't have to. Why? Y'all do it. And I think there is this moment in which a lot of people who are tired have to be encouraged to continue to accept these notions and in, 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 in this comfort with uncertainty and yet. What yeah. do you say to them? I say, you get to stop having faith today. Mm. You get to shut down today. If there is a God, she's not going anywhere. Mm. She doesn't require your attention <laughs> for, yeah. for her to be existing. Yeah. You can turn away, you can sit down, you can cry, you can fold your arms, you can stomp your feet, yeah. you can shake your fist, and why, oh Lord? And please do. Because if there is a God, if there is a loving other, if there is something out there that's bigger than we are, it learns from us too. It is dynamic, and, and there's, a, right? there's a transformation. So you be real, and the, the holy other is real back. I say, sit down, Sam, mm. and don't do anything. Mm. And be angry. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> That's yeah. do it. Yeah. Thank you. And if and if God can't take that, I, then I would make him a him. When she's working really well, she's a she. But if he can't take it, <laughs> let's fire him. You know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think I've asked y'all all the questions I have. This has been so good for me personally, and I know our listeners will enjoy it. I love you both, and thank you for what you do. Good to see you. Sam, that's so sweet. Thanks again to Reverend Jackie Lewis and Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams for that sermon. I liked it a lot. Now it's time to end the show as we always do. Every week, listeners share the best thing that happened to them all week. We encourage folks to brag, and they do. Let's hear a few of those submissions. 
Hi, this is Helen from Washington, D.C., and the best part of my week was bringing home my new adopted daughter. She's home with us now as of Wednesday, and um, we're really looking forward to being the parents of a teenager. Hey, Sam, this is Gordon from New Haven, Connecticut. I'm calling you from the NICU with our newborn son, Arlo. I'm hanging out with him today. figured I'd give you a quick recording and let you know that we're doing all right, even with all this terrible stuff going on in the world. Hey Sam, this is Andrew from Evansville, Indiana, and the best part of my week has been all the social justice activism that I've been able to be a part of, and in that, all of my friends that are taking stands right now that haven't taken stands before, they're drawing a line and they're saying Black Lives Matter. Hi Sam, this is Saya calling from the Bay Area, and the best part of this very hard week was that I convinced my dad, who is a conservative white guy, to go to a Black Lives Matter protest with me. When I started talking to him about systemic racism and police brutality seven years ago, he thought that all forms of protest were bad. I never thought that he would go to a protest with me. We have to keep putting in these conversations. We have to keep having these difficult interactions with our loved ones. People's minds can change. And maybe one day your dad will also go with you to a protest to hand out water bottles and granola bars. So, Sam, thank you so much for the show. And I'm sending a big hug to your Aunt Betty. Thanks for everything. Be well. Have a great week. Thanks for all that you do. Many thanks to all those listeners, Saya, Andrew, Gordon, and Helen. Don't forget, all of you can be a part of this segment. Just record the sound of your voice onto your phone, sharing the best part of your week, and email that to me at samsanders at npr.org. samsanders at npr.org. Now I want to give a shout out to the people who are consistently some of the best parts of my week, the team that makes this show. It's Been a Minute was produced this week by Janae West, Anjali Sastry, Andrea Gutierrez, and Hafsa Fatima. We had engineering help from Patrick Murray and Sean Phillips. Our fearless editor is Jordana Hochman. Our director of programming is Steve Nelson. Our big boss is NPR senior VP of programming, Anya Grunman. And as we close, I got to pause really quick to say thank you, thank you, thank you to our first ever and best ever and most amazing intern, Hafsa Fatima. This is her last week, and y'all, she was so good, we had to extend the internship. Uh, Hafsa, it's really hard to overstate how much you've meant to this team and how much you've helped us grow during your time here. I love your sense of humor, I love your work ethic, and I forgive you for your bad taste in cereal. Um, Please stay in touch and keep shooting for the stars. You're great. All right. Until next time, listeners, thank you for listening. I'm Sam Sanders. We'll talk soon.